0: All right. I don't know if everybody can hear that uh, but welcome <laughs> welcome to another episode of uh of Drunk Agile. Uh, maybe we should start with introducing um you know <laughs> our, our sound effects machine. Yeah,
1: Nisha says hello. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. It was it was a late night for her as you can see. Yeah. Uh, she, she she got she got into the whiskey before we did. Yeah. So uh, so welcome everybody. My name is Daniel Vacanti with me as always is thing and uh, Anisha, and, and of course there in the background I'm sure we'll be hearing from from her later um, in case you can't tell it's you know our our what Christmas special our drunk agile Christmas special um, so we, we have we actually have a, a lot to talk about before we, we get into that stuff uh, a couple of a um, couple of housekeeping items first uh, a, a shout out to to ryan ripley i don't know if anybody knows who ryan ripley is but you know he was of course complaining to me saying that i stole his idea for you know getting together drinking uh getting together and drinking and talking about agile because he's the first one to ever come up with the idea of sitting around drinking and talking about agile but yes i was on if you if you don't know ryan ryan ripley's podcast um craft breed agile todd miller's on it too please please go check that out um this we, should,
1: is, we should do we should do a confluence of
0: yeah, we should we should do dueling, yeah, du- yeah. dueling. So yeah, so this this certainly wasn't inspired by that. So so thank you, Ryan Smiles Ripley, uh, for for that. Um, secondly, uh, a lot of the questions, or kind of our main question tonight, comes from a gentleman by the name of Paul Brown. We had a great um, exchange with him on Twitter. He had some questions after. Thank you for watching our episodes, Paul. Um, so great exchanges with him on Twitter on on some things. So. Before we get into that, though, of course, we have to talk about what we're drinking. So. Yeah,
1: so I'm drinking my Christmas gift.
0: That's, that's, that's pretty good. I have to say that's pretty good. That's a pretty, that's yeah. a pretty
1: good gift. good. Dan brought over a Christmas gift, and it's it's, it's a barrel bourbon, single barrel. It's cost rent, uh 56.11, they were oddly precise on that, fifty six point one one percent. and yeah, it, it's pretty good. So. Could not pass up the opportunity.
0: How much? How how much faster do you get drunk with each significant digit? That's what I want to
1: know. Yeah, no, it's like talk about talk about math. Huh? Just-
0: so, in a uh, as kind of a nod to Paul, um, I'm breaking a little bit with, with tradition. Paul said his uh, his drink of choice is a gin. Um, I'm not much of a a, a gin drinker, um, but this is by far and away my favorite gin in the world, sorry, Paul, I can't get my hands on the stuff that you mentioned, but the London number one, has to be the London number one gin. Um, I don't know, but I don't see a percentage on here. 47%, sorry, 47%. So um, if, you're, if you're gonna drink gin, I highly, highly, highly recommend this one for what I know about gin. So, um, and I actually, I made a, I made a GNT. So my apologies, I'm not drinking it straight, um, but cheers everybody. Okay, so I'm go- I'm going to introduce the the topic, and then I'm going to let Pratik do all the uh, all the speaking. And I think we've got some. Do we have visual a- visual aids? Too? Oh yeah, we
1: have visual aids. Yeah. Okay.
0: So uh, while well, you, you bring that up while I talk. Cool. Uh, so Paul watched a couple of our our question our episodes on Monte Carlo simulation. If you haven't seen those episodes, you can you know look through our channel. I would I would tell you what they are. I think they're episodes two and three and maybe four. I don't know. Whatever. But you, you you'll see. Um. And after watching them, Paul wanted to know our thoughts on, um, on throughput and you know, mm-hmm. how, what's the best way to, for lack of a better word, condition throughput to get the, the most accurate forecast. You know, so specifically, uh, Paul sent us a data set that at the daily level, at the daily throughput level, had a whole bunch of zeros. Right, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there were more zeros than ones or uh, more zeros than not zeros, I guess I should say. Um, and, the, and the question was, well, if if we're doing a Monte Carlo simulation at the daily level that's dominated by zeros, isn't that going to, you know, arbitrarily or unnecessarily or um, whatever skew, uh, skew right. the actual results, right? Um, and we, we can talk about why that may or may not be here in just a second, uh, if that makes sense. Um, so then his question was, well, if, I, if, if I've got a data set dominated by zeros, wouldn't it make more sense to maybe aggregate it to a higher level, maybe at the weekly level or potentially even the monthly level or, or something like that. And maybe, maybe we do a, a Monte Carlo simulation just based on weeks. You know, how many how many stories did I get done in this week? Or how many stories did I get done in this month? And that'd be our, our input into the um, into the simulation. So. Prateek went and did a whole bunch of work on this, right? You did, you're ready, yep. right? you're not making yeah, a lot. Yeah, I'm
1: ready, I'm okay. ready.
0: I've been good. <laughs> <laughs> so Prateek, take it away. Can, can you answer the question? I mean, when, when I have daily throughput, that's mostly zeros, is it better to aggregate that da- that data into some higher level of uh, of time unit? Yeah, so I uh,
1: will we'll go to the example soon, but I do want to say it's, there is no indication that it's better. There might be some theoretical indication that why it might be worse, but there's definitely no indication that that it is better and and let's let's have let's let the data do the talking well, as, yeah as long as we're going
0: with spoiler alerts um my, spoiler alert for me is I, I personally think it's better but i haven't seen the uh, sorry i think it's worse i think it's worse we'll have to edit that out i think it's worse <laughs> to aggregate the data i think it's worse there, to, there, i think by i think by far it's worse to aggregate the data
1: there's definitely mm-hmm. and, and then we'll, we'll look at the example there's de- there there is an instance in the example itself that shows that why shows us why it's worse um, but okay
0: so I just enabled screen sharing if you wanna if you want to share Perfect. your screen. Let's
1: um, do that. Well, let's go to screen two.
0: I still see you. Great. Good job. How Pratik struggling with the whole computer thing. There it is. Yeah, I see it, we see the spreadsheet. Beautiful. Take it, take it away.
1: Right. So this is throughput at the daily level. And this is what what uh, what we were sent. And this, uh, if, if you scroll down, you'll say it goes till cell number 71, which of course the first cell is just daily throughput, the labels so are the 70 days of data. How many uh, h- how many stories got done in each of the past 70 days? And as, as Dan said earlier, it is, it is dominated by these zeros. You can see the number of zeros that are in this data. Um, Do you happen
0: to know exactly how many zeros there are I, of all the... I,
1: I believe and and i'm trying to remember what what we got in twitter but i think it was 49 49,
0: so 49 out of 49
1: out of the 70 were zeros
0: okay because that that might be that, that's probably gonna be another question we're gonna ask is how many zeros before it's good yeah. or bad right but anyway but, um okay but go so on.
1: what i did was i took uh i i just did this for the next 28 days i chose 28 because you know the other, the, the other format of the data is in weeks, so we can compare four weeks to 28 days and find out how different they are. And the rest of the spreadsheet is just a Monte Carlo Sim. It's, it's, it's randomly, each of these cells is randomly selecting from this data. And uh, this bottom cell is just the totals, the totals for the next 28 days. If we randomly select from this data, total the, that selection for the next 28 days, how many stories do we expect to get done in the next 28 days? That's, that's all we're trying to figure out here. After we do that, these are the results. 85% of the time, we would expect to 17 or more stories. 70% of the time, 24 or more stories. 50% of the time, 31 or more. 20% of the time, 45 or more. So those are the results we get um, when we uh, do this. And I did this a 1,000 times. So it's not a lot of simulations, but it's a decent number.
0: A thousand is probably good enough um, yeah. for our purposes here. Anyway, it's probably good enough. Did you happen to build the histogram of the results by any chance? I don't have the histogram. Because that might, be, that might be one, some people's nervousness. I mean, they might be thinking, hey, when you have a lot of zero sampled like this, you're going to get a really, really, really wide histogram, results histogram. Um,
1: yeah, and, and and maybe right after this, we can build it and pull it in.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Edit okay. the, so edit histogram here.
0: We'll, well, yeah, we'll, we'll do that in post, <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever that means. Um, if, if, if we ever do post. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, good. All right, so that's that's days.
1: Yeah, so this this results set here, 85% of the time, we'll get 17 or more, 70% of the time, 24 or more, 50% of the time, 31 or more, and 20% of the time, 45 or more. So take a screenshot if you want. Those are the, those are the results of, of, of daily. In fact, maybe I can copy these and insert it into the other one. Same thing for weekly, take the same data, sum it up by seven days, do seven day sums on it, and then run it for four weeks. So now this is weekly throughput. Each each of the past 10 weeks, this is what we got done. So let's find out, just like we found our 28 days, how much can we get done in the next four weeks? And exact same method, do the same sampling, same summing up, and these are the results we get. Um, 85% of the time 15 or more, 70% of the time 21 or more, 50% of the time 32 or more, and 20% of the time 45 or more. If you remember the results from the days forecast, those are very similar. It's like 17, 24, 31, 45. We have 15, 21, 32, 45. They're almost the same. I'm sure if we ran this out to like 10,000 simulations, they'll be, they'll start to converge a lot more. But there's no, I mean, this doesn't give any indication of there's a huge breadth of results uh, where they're completely different.
0: But can you put those side by side and zoom in a little bit? I don't know, uh, this might be a little bit small for um, for, our, for our people to see.
1: I could do paste values with values in source formatting. So can, every time yeah. you change something in Excel, it reruns, but here are the results and
0: whoa. Oh, that actually is great. That's perfect. So yeah. on the left is weeks, on the right weeks. is days, right?
1: Yeah. So this is this is weekly. And you'll see changes every time I do this because of the number of simulations, but
0: yep. yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. So, Excel for you. Yep. Um, so at, at first glance, daily is saying that we can get more than weekly done. Do you think, do you th- um, do you, th- this is a question. Do you think that's a reasonable conclusion or not based on what you just said?
1: I, I don't necessarily think it's a reasonable con- conclusion just because I only did a thousand Sims I have. My gut feel, and again, I don't. My gut feel is that if we did five thousand or ten thousand sims of this, these two are going to start to converge. I agree.
0: Because, yeah,
1: because you can see how they were changing around even a little bit as I was typing things yep. in.
0: So yeah. to address Paul's first question, um, believe it or not, sampling that whole bunch of zeros in the daily um, does not make it make it look like you can you can do less. Um, it actually at the very least we can say that we we can do we we can do roughly the same. So there's oh, sorry, but, go ahead. No, go
1: ahead. Well, I was gonna say was one thing that I, I I I would caution about this is the way we did this sim was pure random sampling. We were just randomly sampling from the data available. If you're doing any curve fitting stuff.
0: And you it shouldn't, is... <laughs> but if you it are. Is very
1: likely, it is very likely that the zeros are going to skew that curve that you're using. And that might skew your results. It, yep. it is possible that I, I think we did, I did double check with, with Paul that that he wasn't doing that when he was looking at this. But if you're doing that, I can see how your underline, your, your sampling curve might be very different and could could, could totally skew your results. Yep.
0: So, so let's, let's talk a little bit about if you can, cause I've got, cause you know, I've got some things to say about this. But let's, let's talk a little bit about just this right now it's not necessarily showing a slam dunk why it might be better or worse
1: mm-hmm.
0: to, uh, to, to aggregate your data. So, so I'd, I'd, I'd like to, I personally can't come up with any good reasons why it might be better to aggregate your data. Can, can you base based okay. on this? not before we get to the not good stuff. Sorry, go ahead. I I
1: don't know cuz I, I don't see I don't see what it gets you. Right? I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, yeah, if you're doing weeks from weeks or if you're doing months from months or years from years, <laughs> the 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 general that discrete distribution of that data. It should probably be the same. It'll probably end up being the same. If you're using 30 days of data and then splitting up into five, six day segments or six, five day segments or weekly segments, the general results you'll get would probably be the same. I don't see what you would gain from, from, if you are doing just base random sampling from the data, if you're not adding extra magic to it. I don't see how it would make a difference. Make it better.
0: And that, and that's always been my experience. I, I know there are, there are a couple of people out there who who advocate for whenever your data is dominated by zeros to aggregate your data. And I have never, I have never seen a benefit. Not saying that there isn't one. I just have never seen it. Um, I think it makes, I think it makes things way way more complicated than it needs to be. Um, but. It also introduces some potentially negative side effects. So let's let's talk about those. Um, what what are some potential problems with doing this?
1: Well, I, I, I'll start with I'll start with the one that I immediately saw when I saw the data, and and, and it it kind of, at least in my eyes, it proves why you shouldn't do it. Is um, I'm going to zoom into just the the throughput section of this. Um, and, and this is, this is, this is the weekly throughput and uh, you can see week one had five, then two had 22, three had eight, four, four, eight. And then there are weeks seven and eight, which have two, which have zero throughput. If you picture yourself at the end of week six, and you're trying to predict, uh, how much I can get done in the next two weeks, there is no sampling of of these first six values that will tell you that you're going to get zero things done. Like you, there is absolutely no way you will get zero for those two weeks, regardless of how conservative you want to, how high a confidence you you, you want to show on that. On the other hand, if we were looking at this daily throughput where we have a bunch of zeros in those first few weeks, and we were predicting out those next two weeks, there will be multiple simulations that will end up with zero. So if you had to do the forecast for those two weeks, there will be a good number of simulations and the higher confidence level you go, the more of those will get included to say, at a, with a very high confidence, you could say that we'll do zero or more. Um, there is no distribution here in the week's distribution that will give you that.
0: I don't think that can be overstated because I think most, most... Teams, most managers, especially if they weren't very familiar with Monte Carlo and what they're doing, that's what that's that's the exact conclusion they would draw by looking at that first six weeks of data. Is mm-hmm. you know, um, there's no way. There's zero percent chance of us going the next two weeks getting nothing done. Zero yeah. percent chance that that's never happened. In fact, we've never gotten less than four things done. So yeah. at the very least, for the next two weeks, we sh- we should be planning on eight things, right? Um, I, I don't. I don't think that can be overstated enough because that's the pe- people. I don't think people will understand the the, the nuance of that. Of course, more experienced w- would understand. There's no such thing as a hundred percent certainty when it comes to these things. Um, but yeah, um, I, I've got I've got two things that I wanted to mention about this it. as well. I don't know. Did you have anything else? No, no,
1: no that 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 was because I, that I was think.
0: I think yeah. yours, is the, yours is the biggest one. I've got, I've got a minor point and a slightly bigger than minor point. Um, the first, I think, and, and this, this is a fairly minor point, but it, it, I think it does bear mentioning. When you start aggregating to weeks, go from daily to weekly, um, now you have to make essentially an arbitrary decision around how you draw the boundaries of that week. Is mm-hmm. it Monday to Sunday? Is it Sunday to Saturday? Is it something else? And potentially how you draw those boundaries will affect how these throughput numbers come out. You know, and um, it, it it may it may may make things come out a little funky. Again, this is a very very minor point. I don't th- I don't think that's fatal at all. Um, but potentially, if you if you were to say do weeks Sunday to Saturday versus Monday to Sunday, you could potentially get drastically drastically different results. Um, and so that's that's a minor point that I think I think is considering when you go to aggregate your data. How are you drawing those those weekly boundaries? Pratik just muted because he's cussing under his breath because he <laughs> doesn't he doesn't agree with anything I'm saying. Um, the second that's a little bit more than than minor um, that I, I think is maybe an inter intermediate concern. It certainly would be an intermediate concern for me. Is the second that you aggregate to weeks and you wanna start doing a forecast, then the finest level granularity that you can get is weeks. And so what I mean by that, if we're projecting out in you know like this, we could say, like say we had a thousand stories to do, the best that we could say on, in the results of the, of the Monte Carlo simulation is, oh, this will take 10 weeks, this will take mm-hmm. 11 weeks. It'll, it'll be at the granularity of, of weeks which again, in some contexts may not be that big of a deal, but you know, if, if you're trying to get work done by a specific time period, you know, uh, by, uh, I mean, by, by a specific day, you know, say you've got a conference coming up, say you've got a release coming up that's happening on a specific day. Say you've got a holiday coming up like Christmas that is happening on a specific day. The best that you could ever say is, well, there's an 85% chance it gets done sometime that week. We don't know what our risk is for it to get done by that specific day. Again, in a lot of contexts, that may or may not be all that big of a deal, but it's something else to keep in mind that you're, you're limited, your output, your output granularity is going to be limited by your input granularity. For me, that alone is the reason why I would very, very, very strenuously argue against aggregating your data when you don't need to. And I think we've just proved this, certainly with this data set, that there is no need to. Yeah, there's,
1: there's, a, there's also, just to add to that granularity point, um, we haven't explored this enough and probably need to at some point, but towards the end of a release or, or a deadl- to nearing a deadline, um, teams start violating the main assumptions under Littles law. They, they, they start going from a whip of X to a whip of zero, get all this done and close it out. Um, at that point, um, Monte Carlo starts behaving funky because we are kind of trying to accelerate our throughput to get to zero. The fewer number of what, whatever you, ha- if you have a larger gra- granularity, and if you have product projecting out only two, whatever you want to call the units out, um, in days that problem happens with two days out in weeks, that problem happens with two weeks out. So it's, it's, just another point on how that grand, the higher granularity can hurt you uh, especially towards the end of a release a cycle whatever you want to call it when these forecasts might matter even more than they did earlier on
0: so i mean so that's i don't know i, I think i think we've kind of kind of beat this one uh, beat this one up as much as we can i don't know is there anything you want to sum up on on this topic before we Oh, before we move on it. I don't even know if we have time for the next one but, but go ahead yeah. <laughs> um
1: no that was it I mean it's, I think I think uh, again you can feel free to do it both ways but uh, if you're if you're doing random sampling if you're not doing any funky extra math distribution curve stuff behind it they should give you similar results uh, it's just daily will probably give you um uh that as you said a lower granularity of things which which hopefully, would, would work out better, which it right.
0: really does. And, th- and that's what I would sum up is, you know, I also believe for, for the vast majority of data sets, daily and weekly, will give you very, very, very similar results, regardless of the number of zeros that you have. Um, that being the case, the aggregating, you know, adds in, you know, complexity and concerns and additional assumptions and all these things. It's just, you know, uh, I just think it it, it adds more, more things to worry about than you need to, and it's not giving you—I would argue—a statistically better, a better answer. So why why would you even bother um, if it's not giving you a better answer and it's potentially going to give you a worse answer? That's all the argument I need for not to do it, and in, in my in my mind anyway, in, in my world. So, um, what's the, what's the next one? We should we should talk about what the next one is. I don't know because we, we we've been babbling for.
1: Yeah. The, so uh, so the next question we got was um, in the last episode we did uh our, our implementation of feature monte carlo where we were running um monte carlo with story throughput with a lower level throughput but uh layering feature whip on top of it to distribute that throughput out to how many features we had in progress there was well, actually a very interesting question uh that came through on one of the slack channels about um how, why not just do Monte Carlo with feature throughput? Why why not just do that? And that should give us similar results. I mean, if we can do it with story throughput, we can do it with feature throughput. Why not just do that as opposed to doing this thing where you do Monte Carlo using story throughput and then overlay feature web on it.
0: I have a feeling that our arguments and our conclusions are gonna be very, very similar, Prateek. Are they, (laughs) to what we just talked about?
1: It's, it's 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 interesting how they these two kind of the, the both these questions are different but almost the same on why why not aggregate it up and do it at the at the higher level. And for me, one one just to take that same vein as, as what we were talking about, one issue is that of granularity. Um, and 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 again, when you run Monte Carlo just purely based on throughput what you're really saying is I can get X number of things done by date y or it will take it, I I am highly confident that by in order to do X number of things I need this many days I mean, it's, it's either when will X number of things get done or how many things can I get done by Y date. Um, and. But that's the best we can do when, we, when it comes to feature throughput and, 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 and using that to say, by in this quarter, I can deliver 10 features. Uh, we don't necessarily, at that point, what we're really saying is um, here are the 10 features or 10 features that are gonna get out there. We don't really know on a, on a regular basis, what is the probability of each of those features getting done. Um, and, and, and without taking, taking feature whip into account, where the best we can do is assign those probabilities top down, to say priority number one will have x percentage probability, priority number two will have y, and, and it'll decrease as we go down. That's that's the traditional way of doing it, and it will work. It'll absolutely work. And but what doesn't the two the two other things that happen? Uh, the only time you'll be able to really update those probabilities is when one of, when either the date moves or one of the features gets done. Only then do other features probabilities get updated. Meanwhile, a lot of stuff is happening under the hood with these features. Uh, a lot of stories are getting done. People are making progress on things. Those are not getting taken into uh, that, all that progress and all the chipping away of the stories under these features is not getting taken into account till a feature is actually done. Um, that's why we prefer to do the same thing where you're taking that daily throughput at the story level and using that to figure out what is the updated probability of for a feature.
0: For me, the corollary to that, and this this is a very, very subtle point. So I'm going to make it and you'll just have to make it better for me. You'll kind of jump in and say, yeah, Dan, that, that sounded stupid. This is really what you're trying to say, which is fair. The corollary to that is when you're looking just at at feature numbers and fe- feature throughput. There's not much consideration. I would say the default behavior would be to not give any consideration to the size of those features. Now, generally speaking, we don't, nec- we don't care about sizing um, you know, of, of things. We don't care that all our stories are the same size. We don't care about that all of our, all of our features are the same size. We don't care about, about any of that, generally speaking. Uh, but especially when it, when it comes to features, and this is, this is what Pratik was just talking about, you know, under the hood, when you're working on a feature, you're finishing a whole bunch of stories, you're finishing a whole bunch of stories. At some point, the functionality that is delivered within that feature might be good enough. And we might be able to say, hey, you know what, this thing is good, let's, let's ship it. If you're looking at it from a story perspective, from how many stories we're getting done, that cutoff point, if you will, I think becomes much, much more apparent. If all you're doing is looking at feature numbers, you're like, well, it's a feature and it can be as big as it wants and whatever, which is which is true, it can be. Um, this is segueing into probably next week's talk. It's not gonna be now, <laughs> it's not gonna be okay. tonight, unfortunately, <laughs> where we're gonna talk about right-sizing of things. And we're gonna talk about right-sizing at the story level. We're gonna talk about right-sizing at the feature level. But one of the biggest tips and tricks that you can do in order to make your Monte Carlo forecasting as accurate as possible is to practice right-sizing. Um, and, right-sizing at the feature level will almost certainly come down to how many stories are in that feature. There's other ways, there are other ways to right-size features, there's, there's no doubt. Um, but you would, you would be able to see, if you're looking at stories, you will be, you might, you'll be able to see sooner that, hey, this feature is getting too big. We, not, we, we might need to break it up. So that, that's that, I guess that's, that's my biggest problem. By focusing on stories, we can start talking about, okay, how, how big is this feature? And is it really, really too big to be um, you know, in, in our forecast? So now make that point better than I did Prateek without talking about, (laughs) without talking about right-sizing because that's next. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's um, if you have, okay. I won't use the word right-sizing, but I'll use the word age. If you have a very long running, multiple, very long running features, let's say these features run in the order of six to eight months. And you're talking about, Hey, what are we going to get done in the next three months? It might say 10 features, but, you'll have absolutely no idea which 10 features those are going to be because your features run six to eight months. It's most likely the features you started six months ago, if you're actually watching their age and making sure that they will get done. Um, That's the extreme example. Now, your features hopefully don't run six to eight months. We've definitely seen it happen, but Dan was going to mention a couple of teams, but he didn't, but uh, we, but, even if your features are, are shorter, shorter than that, um, forecasting out for say three months and features are running in the order of one to two months. If you're not watching the age of these features uh, and if you're not watching how many features you have in progress at any given time, uh, those features that start towards the second half of that release are probably not gonna get done. Uh, no amount of Monte Carlo is gonna help you with that.
0: So, I don't know, to, to kind of bring this back and to kind of sum up, um, to answer the question directly, there, there's absolutely, as you, I think as you started, there's absolutely no reason why, if you're wanting to do Monte Carlo at the feature level, why you can't just do feature level throughput, take feature level throughput, throw it into Monte Carlo simulation and run it. There's no reason why you can't do that. And like I said, pretty said in some contexts, that might be very, very, very valid. The problem is we run into all the things that we just talked about you know we have a lim- limited data set we have a much more limited data set if we do it that way which means we need to we need to go longer to get potentially get enough data um, we have problems you know with the the granularity that we, we that we talked about and we we run into i think the biggest problem we run into is is this of of right sizing and not being able to get signals early enough uh, that that something may be wrong so there's i don't this, know if,
1: i think there's one thing that one other thing that i did want to mention which was when In the last two episodes, assuming you're watching these in that order and we're publishing them in that order. When we talked about Monte Carlo and feature Monte Carlo, what we ended with both of those uh, was this idea of continuous forecasting, of forecasting as we do every half an hour, every day, every whatever, four hours. Um, Usually there's not enough data available that regularly at the feature level forecast over and over again. Uh, there is data available at the lower level which will help you do that as, as, as time progresses and as stories get done. So that's the only other point.
0: Well so that's an, I think that's enough Monte Carlo talk for, for, for Christmases okay. I just want to say th- thanks very much to the people who are, are watching watching the videos and submitting your questions. We welcome anybody you know in the comments or reach out to us on Twitter or however you want to want to get a hold of us. Send us your questions and when, when we get, you know, a, a good critical mass of questions like this, we we're happy to dedicate episodes um, for, for these uh, specific concerns that, that are out there. So um, we wanna make this as, as interactive as, as possible. Anything to, to, to wrap it all up before we, we call it quits tonight, Pratik?
1: Yep, that, that, that was mostly it. I mean, thanks again for, yeah, for sending in questions for watching and then and being in, in, engaged enough to uh, ask questions to for watching watching two drunk guys babble about Monte Carlo of <laughs> all things yeah. and, send, and send questions.
0: So yeah, so, so stay tuned for ne- next week. Again, hopefully we are doing this in order and hopefully we are gonna to get to this next week. Um, the, the whole idea of right-sizing and how right-sizing may affect or may not affect your forecasts. well, it, it will. Um, that, um, that, that's a topic that deserves an episode on its own. So that's probably what we'll be focusing on next time. So until then, thank you very much to, to Paul Brown for the questions. Um, thank you very much again to Ryan Smiles Ripley for the, uh, for the idea of getting around and drinking and talking about this stuff. For Nisha there in the background, Hi, Nisha, for, for pratik. I just want to say uh, everybody hopefully has a, a safe and happy holiday season. Uh, next week will probably be without the toques. Yeah. So we'll, um, we'll we'll retire those for uh, hopefully un- until New next at least. <laughs> yeah, at least. Well, who knows? Maybe we we, we, we will be drunk. So you oh, be July. Drunk. Yeah. yeah, Christmas in July. Um, everybody, please be well, and we will see you in the next episode. Right. right.